welcome to Conveyancing Matters with Lorraine and Stu. Join us for a chat about all things property. Hello, Stu. How are you? I'm not bad. Thank you, Lorraine. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. I keep thinking we perhaps ought to we perhaps ought to do a slightly different opening, didn't we? Perhaps ought to uh, maybe not be at our desks or something. Let's uh, say say hello in a different way. Well, we but, should be in the uh, pub or something like that. But in oh, these times, unfortunately, it's not possible, is it? Oh, so. if only. I tell you what, I think the very first time I can go to our local, you will you'll find me in there. That's where I'll be. Well, Stu, what I thought um, would be an interesting topic to talk about, because I saw an article in one of the mortgage um, magazines, um, it's just the attitude of lenders to enforcement. And it's one of those things that we've kind of discovered on these conveyancing matters chats, Stu, that quite a lot of the people we're, you know, we're liaising with and talking to don't necessarily um, uh, grasp how, you know, uh, difficult lenders can be at times. And I know that they're in business and they've got to make money. So I'm not criticising, I'm just stating a fact, really. So I saw this article, Stu, and forgive me while I peer at it, um, you know, very early, uh, very early, you know, in the new year. So an article by a lawyer to lenders entitled Enforcement. Now's the time to get to the front of the queue. And the premise of the article really is that obviously at the moment we're still in uh, the lockdown and as such, there has been a moratorium on evictions so at the moment possession proceedings can go through the courts but evictions can't actually happen during this period and the financial conduct authority is probably on the cusp of extending its guidance so that mortgage lenders can't evict and enforce repossessions until the 1st of april 2021 that would be a zinger wouldn't it to get your enforcement you know, sit in your house and get chucked out on April Fool's Day. But it kind of just led the broader thought to me, Stu, about what, you know, what do we as conveyancers tell our clients in our standard mortgage reports? Because the point I, that really came out of this article for me is that, you know, it's well written, but it's quite aggressive uh, mm. in its, in its, its p- certainly positioning the lenders. And, and there's a phrase... Um, that sort of essentially says, oh, well, you know, it's it's not as bad as we thought. You know, we will be able to get people out. Uh, and I, the lenders can place themselves in the queue so that they're in a position to enforce as and when the guidance permits. Mm. So what do you think about that from a conveyance well, point of view? Well, it's a worry, isn't it? And I think, um, you know, although we're sort of leaning over to the side of uh, a conversation regarding sort of litigation that maybe falls outside the remit of a conveyancer, Everyone's got to be aware that this is the the ultimate consequence um, if things go wrong. And of course, the ultimate consequence from our our point of view is that it will be our file that they request. And if there's anything that's not right in that file, it's us that they're also going to come after um, to recoup any potential loss that they make when they come to sell that property. And that's the big worry. Yeah, you're right. I, mean, I remember years ago, again, I saw another article, as I say, interestingly, for anybody that you know wants to keep up with what the mortgage lenders are doing, subscribe to their magazines, get their monthly, you know, get their weekly uh, mags into your inbox. You'd be quite surprised. But I remember really, I think probably quite naively, um, uh, seeing an article whereby um, I'm realising and I'm sure I've mentioned this before on these conveyancing matters chats, actually, that you know, lenders have 
departments within them and their only function is to get hold of solicitors files and review them as you say Stu to see what we've done wrong but I I think I just was just felt really naive when I realized that that's what they did and some of them were, were going to be very aggressive about that oh yeah de definitely I mean you know we must be really 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 aware that it's not only the uh, the mortgage offer and the conditions that are within but there's also the lender's handbook and we must be absolutely fully compliant because if we're not, there's a you know lots of things that are at stake. It's not just the immediate, which could be you know the property sold at a loss. We could be liable for some of that loss. It's a claim against our indemnity insurance, but of course it's also our panel status. So in terms of a long-term um, strategy, it could be very very costly if we've not adhered to their rules and regulations. Yeah, I think a risk for firms, um, and again, it's I think the sort of you know cliche though it is it's the it's the sort of perfect storm scenario isn't it because we've alluded to the fact before that so many conveyances and conveyancing firms right now are su under such extraordinary pressure to get transactions through I mean I hate to say it but let's be realistic mistakes are going to be made I think there is no doubt about that uh, on files um, and of course, we're, we're then sort of rolling into the situation that, again, more people may unfortunately be losing their jobs in the months to come, who perhaps are completing transactions now. Therefore, the lenders are going to be sort of, firstly, to be completely fair to them, they do, of course, have to go through their procedures and see if they can help the borrower and, and try to find methods of um helping them to sort of stage their payments and not be repossessed but that's the ultimate sanction for the lender and of course so we've got that risk plus of course added to that the fact that you know maybe the market isn't going to look as buoyant in terms of prices as it does now so it it's not a you know it's not a million miles away from there being the possibility of negative equity which of course a lot of people watching this too won't have seen in their professional careers you and i are long enough in the tooth to have done but they won't have done oh definitely i can remember what was it 2000 and sort of latter end of 2007 and 2008 um, particularly where people had exchanged contracts on notice you know property going to be ready in six months 12 months time we had numerous clients that had exchanged contracts on deposits and, and they were they were all walking away um, because had they completed, then they would be negative equity. And uh, yeah, it's funny how something all those years ago was, you know, one of the, the very first things you looked at, how much they're selling for, get a redemption figure in quick, um, does it balance? It's something now we all take for granted probably, don't we? Yeah, as I say, I just think there's a lot of people in the profession now that, uh, well, that was only, you know, not that long ago, really. I mean, I remember, you know, terrible negative equities during the 90s, for goodness sake. I'm old enough to remember that. Clearly, I know you were only at primary school then. Oh, too. obviously. Yeah, clearly. But, um, but you know, it is, yeah, I suppose we shouldn't be glib, really, because it is such a serious point, this yeah. idea that, you know, property prices fall and that, you know, the property, you know, is going to sell for, for less than it was, was purchased for. Now, if um, the lender manages to recoup what they lent on it, that's that's all they're interested in. But of course, as your loan to values creep back up, you, you're absolutely moving into the territory where the lender and may also, not just, Yeah, just in terms of this, like, it's not just, of course, the, the, um, the amount of the mortgage, it's all the, the, the costs that yeah. are accrued on top of that. 
Um, so even if there's a, a close proximity in terms of value and, uh, and the amount of the charge, you know, you can add a, another 10 grand on top, I'm sure, for, you know, additional costs and, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, it's a really, really important point um, that we, you know, that we all look into sort of the, the conditions behind the lender. And, you know, I, I look at sort of, you know, the process now and, and, and some of the guys here, and we're so fixated, aren't we, on sort of telling people and trying to teach people about the conveyancing process. And even though there's this element of, you know, the mortgage off the financial aspect of it falling outside our remit, where we must be mega, mega careful is, you know, the conditions within the offer, within the lender's handbook. Mm. I see sort of numerous times now where, you know, um, I'm looking at a property that's been sold. Um, maybe our client's not owned the property for six months. It's been flipped. You know, a lot of sort of uh, sort of flippings come into the market, hasn't it, where investors are buying, make a quick profit. Um, and, you know, are, are these sort of issues reported to the lender? Um, there's sort of purchase and, 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 and rent back. Um, you know, are, are these reported to the lender? It's not just the standard stuff, you know, matching names and, and, and purchase prices. You really got to be rigorous um, in terms of looking at the conditions and making sure that, if there's anything that you're not sure about, um, you've reported to the lender. And, you know, when people come into my office and they say, I'm not sure about this, shall I report it? It's, you know, if in doubt, report it, then you can't go wrong. Yeah, I've always used that as a bit of a, um, uh, that, uh, you know, that theory actually is a bit of a touchstone on everything, particularly in relation also to conduct matters. Mm. If something is vexing you enough that you say to yourself or a colleague, should I be doing that, that of itself, is yep. probably enough to alert you to the fact that you should. I always say, if you've asked me, then you've got to report it because you you were not sure, and and to have that element of doubt, yeah, automatically means cover your own back, just be safe and sorry. Yeah, and and as you say, you know, comply with the, the handbook. Always, of course, got to do what we always do, which is watch the reply that comes in because the number of let you know responses from lenders that just say, "Well, we will rely on you to protect our security," and of course, <laughs> so so a reply. Has got to be a meaningful reply. But yeah. one thing I did want to mention in this um, conveyance in matters too, because again, unfortunately, I do think we are potentially moving into not yet, but potentially, you know, perhaps in the in the latter half of of 2021, 2022, potentially, I think, going to be moving in perhaps into a trickier market. I really hope we're not, but I think it's just interesting, you know, lenders positioning themselves to enforce repossessions, etc. Um, but this uh, this idea of um, the lender requesting the conveyancing file. So the matter has completed, you know, we've all moved on, we've archived our files and we've got a member of, you know, you're on holiday, you're sunning yourself for a few months in the Bahamas, stew, inevitably <laughs> as you're going to be, uh, to keep that tan up. Um, and, you know, you've got more junior colleagues in the office who get a letter from a lender requesting a file. We all know that's a really important letter. But for goodness sake, don't send that left, you know, don't send that file to the lender without referring to somebody else. How do you deal that uh, with that in your office, Stu? Um, really simply, any requests for files like that, um, just get passed to me. Yeah. Um, it is one of those that I think from a real sort of simplistic and um, well, real simplistic way of looking at it is sometimes you need to get outside that bubble and, and having a, a different eye cast over it and, and, and look at what's been done, um, taking a pragmatic approach. And, and, you know, when it's sort of 
a case hander that files requested, it's dealt with in the same way as a complaint, which means, you know, people get very sort of touchy in terms of have I done something wrong? But it's something that you immediately need to look at. And of course, don't forget, um, you know, we need to be reporting these matters to our indemnity insurers if they come up as well um, to, to negate any kind of risk that could come up. Yeah, and I think an important point, though, is just because a lender has has requested a file, it doesn't, I mean, the, the unfortunate way that we're all hardwired is the immediate assumption is that we've dropped a clanger. But of course, it could just be, as we've been sort of alluding to, you know, a fishing exercise because uh, the lender has had to sell and they've had to sell at a loss. And as you said earlier, they're going to be just going through our file with a fine tooth comb, because if there's something we haven't done, they yep. want to find a reason to hang yeah, that additional exactly. bit of loss of on the firm. Yeah, of course. And, and, and the logic applies that, you know, the reason that possession may have taken place could be, you know, completely not linked to the conveyancing side of things whatsoever. Almost invariably won't be. Yeah, exactly. 99% of the time. So, you know, it's an, an unfortunate position. Um, but from a, a legal perspective, like we've said a hundred times before, you know, we're the ones that carry insurance. Um, so we're, we're there to be shot at. I'm afraid we are. We are always the cash cows. But one of the important things about lenders requesting a file, um, and I did a, did a few webinars on these. There was a case on it if, I don't know, a few years ago now, Stu. So I sort of got quite into it, really. But actually, the Law Society has produced, and as a CLC-regulated firm, you know, you might not necessarily be casting around on what the Law Society has done, which as a little aside, I think it's quite interesting because the CLC, I think, produced an enormous amount of really useful content for conveyances, as indeed do the Law Society, which, of course, are, are both equally relevant and applicable to, to, to whichever side of the fence you're on. So I always say, you know, to, to, to SRA, um, regulated firms do look at what's on the CLC website and vice versa but the LawSoc produces a lot of good practice guides and they did one in particular on um, the lenders requesting the conveyancing file because of course the crux of it is that firstly the lender might not be entitled to request the file at all and they've got to have evidence um, from the uh, borrower that the borrower is happy to release that you know all parts of the file the lender isn't entitled to all of the file apart from anything else and um and there's even there's even been sort of judicial suggestion that um uh a, a firm of you know a firm of conveyances wouldn't necessarily be inappropriate in refusing to release a file and actually wait to get a cost a court order they wouldn't necessarily be an adverse cost in, um, consequence to doing that so that all packaged up means you know we shouldn't just be sending off files to lenders willy-nilly well, yeah, funny enough, um, and, and there is a bit of a balance to this. So I'm not suggesting this in every single occasion, but um, as a general, don't also don't don't feel uh, afraid to actually charge a fee. Um, the, the, the occasions where we've released our files and, and corresponded with lenders, um, we've always charged a reasonable fee for doing so. Yeah, I think by the time you know, you know, you've either got to cut, you know, print everything out if everything's electronic. Or if it's an older file, you've got to photocopy it all. So, yeah, you're absolutely right, Stu. And of course, you know, the issue I think around keeping a file electronically is quite often you've got sort of multiple versions of everything. It's going to take quite a long time, actually. It's all, all speed and marvellous to have it all in the cloud. But actually, there's quite a lot of work to do to work out what should be in there and what shouldn't. And you might just take the view and think, oh, well, we'll press, you know, we'll press print for all of it just in case. But um, 
but as I say, I thought, um, um, and you know, maybe to sort of finish where we started, but this this article, this um, this lister says, um, uh, you know, progressing recovery action can encourage or kickstart dialogue with borrowers, which I suppose is a point. Um, often presenting the financial implications of continuing to delay the inevitable brings people to the table or their senses or both. And he says, and I think this, you know, I understand the, the audience he's talking to, but as we approach the first anniversary of the coronavirus crisis, nice way of putting it, <laughs> lenders have new choices whether to sit on their hands or get on with progressing a significant function of their business, which of course is management speak for taking repossession action. So I think, as you say, Stu, maybe particularly as we crawl on our hands and knees sort of out of the, the coronavirus sort of vortex is firms probably should be putting quite a lot of time into making sure their files are in apple pie order sort of before they archive them for example not just lobbing them away and hoping for the best what do you think oh without that i mean to be honest with you i'd say your, your file should be in order anyway in this day and well, age um you know whether there's room to, to 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 do it in any other way i'm not sure but you know it's it's such a difficult one where you know you have all that liability and of course those files get chucked into storage um, and you don't know what you're sitting on, do you? It's like yeah. any kind of potential claim. You could be sitting on a, a mountain of problems potentially. Yeah, I think uh, I might have mentioned this before, but I used to um, work for somebody who, you know, who was terribly proud that they had, you know, like years and years worth of sort of files, you know, the, the, the historical sort of development of the, you know, of the of property buying and selling in the locality. And all I kept saying was, for goodness sake, you know, let's have a bonfire of the vanities. Let's get rid of, <laughs> let's get rid of all the files we haven't got to keep because then we legitimately say we haven't got them if there's ever a request for them. Yeah, I, I have to say, we're quite hot on that. Um, as soon as those files can be destroyed, that they are destroyed. Yeah. Um, not just for this reason, but in terms of space and storage and stuff like that. When we opened, uh, you know, initially we weren't paperless for, for quite a few years. So we do have the old fashioned, you know, big fat files full of paper um, sitting in lockups and, and, and whatnot. So um, get rid of it, get rid of the cost and importantly, get rid of the liability. Yeah, the handy thing is it'll be a bit Harry Potter-esque though, Stu, because files that are that old, and you probably won't have them, will you, but that have got the faxes on the shiny paper, after a number enough years, they just become, you know, they just almost become, you know, plain paper. The, the ink just disappears. So I, I would love to see the it face. Yeah, exactly. It's Harry magic Potter ink. Yeah. So, uh, so I'd love to see the face of the lenders who were just sort of going through all the shiny faxes and actually finding out <laughs> Finding out there's nothing on them. Shiny faxes. I mean, how many years ago is that? <laughs> You're going to be start talking about engrossment paper in a minute, aren't you? <laughs> Love all the cost to post it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know. We know I'm older than you, Stu. We know <laughs> I'm older than you. I'm just trying to think whether they used seals. Not sure. Maybe, maybe they might have done. Certainly the sticky ones, because they would always come off. Get an old enough file and all the little red seals would just drop out because the sticky had come off. Well, the wax seals, those ones. 
You're so funny. Well, on that uh, on that hilarious uh, jibe by Mr. Forsdyke, that's probably time for us to draw a close to uh, to this conference in matters. So um, I hope there were some interesting and important points for you to take out, apart from just Stu taking the mickey out of me. So I'll see you really soon, Stu. Take care. Take care. See ya. <laughs>